Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, friends and family, to another episode of the Backdoor Cut Show, a podcast on the Barnburner Podcast Network. Uh, you can also find some more of our great podcasts like Theater and College Hoops with the Titch Guys on the Barnburner Podcast Network, which you can subscribe to on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere else you get your shows. Also check out the-barnburner.com for a running list of our podcasts and also articles and plenty more content uh, on the website. Today, you have me, Zach. You can find me on Twitter at BarnburnerBro, and I have with me Sam and Mason, we're going to talk a little Grizzlies action. Uh, things have not been super fun since the All-Star break. I think we went in on a high with that Portland game. Uh, that was like one of the most fun games I've been to in years. And kind of struggling coming out of it. But we'll dive into that and what we think that uh, the team can do to get things back on track. We're recording this on Monday night as the Grizzlies are about to go heads up against the Clippers in L.A., but we'll go around the horn. Sam, how are you doing, man? I'm good, man. Uh, Grizzlies Clippers about to tip to avoid the the dreaded uh, 0-3, I believe a three-game. Any win or loss situation is considered a streak, so we want to avoid that losing streak. Uh, we, I don't think we've lost three straight since that that time before Ja, the, before ja, before ja came back, BCCB, uh, that, that time we refer to where Ja came back in December, and we've basically been good since then. Uh, and we kind of ignore the before that because we we're still figuring things out. Um, so we're looking to avoid that, play well. Uh, I, I do have just a kind of a life thing going on. Um, do, you, do you guys, how do you guys feel? I tweeted this out, but how do you guys feel about talking to people with headphones in? Um, I, it is, it, I'm of the opinion that if I have headphones in, I should not be approached uh, at all. And, and the, the only thing you could say to me or should say to me are the little niceties of life, like the, if I hold the door for you, you know, a quick head nod and a nice thanks would be fantastic. Or, uh, you know, a bye, you know, something that's very evident with your hand signal also. Uh, but do not, you know, do not start a conversation with me about anything substantive. 
because it is clear that my headphones ring, you know, and therefore I'm listening to something. So I, are, you, are you just walking down the street or what? Are you sitting in your office or, or what's the, where are we at here? I, I, yeah, I agree. We need some, we need some context. So it is either walking down the street um, and I would maybe pass someone, you know, but, but it wouldn't be a stop and chat. Uh, it would be a pure <laughs> passing ships in the night, you know, and, and they, they, you know, like, hey, you know, then you do the hay thing and that's fine. Like I get a hay, I get a hand wave, but then anything beyond that, if you start to say something to me further, uh, and we haven't stopped and I haven't pulled my headphones out. Like that's a no, no on the elevator. Uh, definitely do not talk to me. I'm actually hate talking to people on the elevator. It's like one of my things. I just want to ride the elevator. I do not want to talk about the weather. I do not want to try to fit in some small conversation into the like 12 second window that we have together. Uh, I just kind of want to ride the elevator. Uh, and so often I wear my headphones in the elevator to try to stave off these little 12 second conversations. Uh, but instead people just, just ignored my, very obvious tell. I mean, other than wearing a sign that says, do not talk to me, I don't know what to do. Yeah. I mean, I, I tend to agree with you that that is usually a sign of I'm not interested in conversing right now. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I haven't had as many run-ins uh, with this as you have. I, I feel like when I wear my headphones, people are usually pretty respectful. Uh, I do. What if some, what if you drop like your wallet and someone's like, sir, sir. And you're like, I'm fucking tired of this kid talking to me. When I got my headphones in, I'm not going to listen to him. So that so I think that would be his gesturing would would be evident, and More that was frantic rare. And, yeah, uh, that that would be where the gesturing kind of takes the conversation from what would be an annoyance to like a mandatory, "Hey, he's helping me out" sort of deal. You know, like and they'd, see, they'd probably. See, I guess my gesturing, I, I would be like trying to get your attention, but not that hard. So, <laughs> hey, dude, appreciate it. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, honestly, you know, if I'm going to walk around with headphones in, then I just the risk I run. If I lose my wallet uh, and can't hear the person trying to get me, then, you know, that's on me. Hand up. How do you feel about it, Zach? Yeah, I'd have to agree. I don't have too much more color to add. That's sometimes... Happens like, to me a lot. Especially at the... I use that at the grocery store a lot. Yeah, it's great. Just uh, put that in and kind of, even if I'm not listening, just kind of zone out so I don't have to interact. I don't so know. I, that's pretty selfish of me, I guess. But I think my no. I mean, I some, just some, need some. That's a good like time just to have my space. For sure. I think. And and I think what happens to me is that on the elevator in my building, there's six floors of people that I work with, and you will often end up on the elevator with someone that you work with tangentially too, not someone I directly work with, but we all know we work for the same employer, uh, so they'll feel the need to talk to me, and yeah. that's what I don't. I'm just like I don't. I don't know whether it's a. I think a lot of people just can't handle a 12 second silent ride elevator ride. Like they literally would rather die than just ride the elevator without talking about how it was cold outside or how it wasn't cold outside or whatever. But I, I just, I hate weather conversations. Also I do not have a conversation with me about the weather unless it's directly relevant to what we're about to do. Like if Zach and I are about to go ride bikes on Saturday, we're talking about how it's supposed to rain. That affects our plans. Like that's one thing. But if, you know, I just I, 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 those are a couple of pet peeves of mine that, that often come into play in the workplace. And I don't know how to get around it, but. Yeah, yeah. the elevator is like. And our I elevator really ride. I want to carry a conversation yeah. anyway on the elevator. Well, ours is I'll, like the 21st floor, too. So, like, it's it's a 12 second, you know, elevator ride. Like, it's enough time for someone to feel the need to be like, huh, you know, sure has rained a lot recently. And then, yeah, what the fuck? It's like, I guess weather's the one thing we all experience. So they think that's a safe topic, but we could also just stand there and not say anything. So that's my take. Just, just comfortably ride an elevator, have some confidence in yourself to share a silence and let's move forward amicably. 
I think uh, the Chiefs' attitude right now is kind of reflective of all of Grizz Nations. Just a little frustrated with the way things are going. Uh, I agree. A good segue, too. Things things were going great and until the trade deadline and the All-Star break. Uh, more specifically, the All-Star break, not the trade deadline. That We did have great things going on then. Um, but two losses to the Kings and Lakers. Uh, the Kings game, De'Aaron Fox basically got the best of John Morant once again. Uh Tried to make a comeback late. Uh, really got nothing from Dylan Brooks or Jaron. Then the Lakers game, we just played a team that was better than us and lost and tried to keep it interesting for as long as possible, even though it was a blowout the whole game. So the 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 Kings loss is what colors this whole thing because that's what we were talking about before we entered. Well, you know, before All Star break, and then as we entered this this twenty eight game stretch, was you got to beat the under five hundred teams because uh, all we need to go is five hundred and we're we're clinched. Um, so that, that's, that loss is what colors, I think I wasn't expecting to win that Lakers game. Uh, but once we, you know, once you start going, oh, and two with, you know, heading into the Clippers game, that's tough, you know, then, then Clippers kind of becomes must win. And I don't think these guys play particularly well when they feel like that. Yeah. And this is a Clippers team who have lost three in a row themselves and are looking to get back on track. Finally healthy. It looks like they've got Paul George and Kawhi starting tonight along with Pat Bev. So full complement of players. Um, but yeah, like you said, this is one of those games. And then we got the Rockets, uh, following this. So we're facing the possibility of 0 and 4 with new Orleans playing well, breathing down our neck. Um, Portland got a win the other night when CJ and Carmelo went crazy, uh, without Dame. So you're kind of hoping they lose every game without Dame. So these teams are obviously not facing the same type of schedule that the Grizzlies are going to be facing. Um, but they're, they're chipping away and they're going to be coming for us. So we got to find a way to win games, no matter who we have on the court or who we're playing. So I guess with that, the bad news in the Lakers game was that Jaron Jackson Jr. is going to be reevaluate, be about reevaluated in two weeks. Uh, how you feel about that, Zach? Yeah, that, I mean, that just puts a huge damper on things. I'm trying to find a bright spot, find a lineup of ours that is, you know, one of the, is productive without Jaron, and it's pretty hard to find. He plays a lot of the minutes, uh, at least in the first quarter, with the second unit. That's how he's been playing, how Jenkins has been utilizing him uh, this year. And he, he's played well in that role, so he's helped out some of the bench guys. And so this whole dynamic that and rotation that Jenkins has established is going to be thrown off by it. Uh, tonight uh, in L.A., Brandon Clark's going to slot in and – the starting lineup's going to remain the same except for that one uh, exchange. So we'll see kind of how that goes. Get uh, BC a chance to get a fair amount of minutes, a lot more than he's used to getting. I don't have right in front of me. What's he usually he get? plays right around 20, and now you you think he's probably going to be up in the 30s. Hmm. Yeah, because we go – so we we bring in a, a couple bigs, namely Gorgie Jang, and we got Jordan Bell, but – I don't think that he should be – he's kind of like a very deep-of-the-well person to me, that 11th, 12th man on the roster. I don't necessarily want to see too much run out of him. Uh, and then, Yeah, give me more Kyle and Josh at the four. I think yeah. that's what I'm hoping for. Yeah, I think yeah. that Josh has actually performed very well in these two games that the Grizzlies really struggled in. That's yeah. Joshua O'Neal Jackson. <laughs> His middle name O'Neal. 
That's what his mama named him. That's what I'm going to call him. All right. So he has had a couple good games these last four. Uh, he's been a plus in the plus minus uh, in, in three of the last four games. Um, so, so that's good. I don't, I don't think there's necessarily a correlation in what he does and whether we win yet, but that's because our starters are playing like some ass. Uh, so, yeah. you know, a, a lot of times it's our bench unit that keeps us afloat uh, and, and even competitive in, in some of these games recently. So what do, what do we think is going on with Ja, and, and why do we think he's been more ineffective as of late uh, as opposed to what we saw kind of entering the All-Star break? What, what do you think, Mason? Uh, I think his teams are sagging off of him, and I feel like everyone on the radio has kind of talked about this, how he's got to be shooting those threes, or at least Chris Vernon has. Um, and in the last six games, he's shooting 19% from three. He's still averaging 20 points a game. He's only at five and a half assists over these last six games. And I'm going to refer to these last six games throughout the podcast because that's kind of the stat sample I took. And that since uh, the Mavs game once once we set Jay and Solo, so basically the trade deadline, once we knew some moves were going to happen. Mm. Uh, and he he's just not being – He's it's hard for him to impact the game when teams are – sagging off of him that much. And I think it also goes to the starting lineup uh, uh, that with Kyle and Valanchunas, because that lineup has just been awful when you don't have to guard three people on the perimeter. Hmm. Um, and I think that has kind of led to the struggles we've seen from Jaron and Dylan. His teams can go all out to keep them from getting the open threes, um, but you don't really have to worry about Ja, Kyle, or Valanchunas. Yeah. Which is interesting because there was a stretch there when Crowder was hurt that Kyle was starting in place of him and Memphis went 6-0. and exactly. So yep. teams must just be adjusting to that and Memphis has not been able to excel past that. But just kind of interesting that it was working and then all of a sudden it seems to not be working as well. Well, let me tell you, that was when we were on a Golden State Warriors 2015-16 level of offense, and we couldn't miss. And now I don't think it matters who we have out there because we're not making shots. So that's always going to make the lineups look better and worse. But I think those wins did come when Kyle was starting for Jay, when everyone on our team was in fuego, and now no one can buy a bucket. Yeah, that's Sorry. like that's when Dylan was. That's when Dylan was playing the the pre extension, you know, when he, when he was not only hitting nearly every three he had, but also those wild shots that make you very frustrated to watch him play basketball. Uh, everything was dropping for him. So when Dylan was scoring, like he was, when we would all like gasp, you know, they were pretty tough to be like, like any team would be if they're, you know, which would probably be their fourth or fifth best player. And their starting lineup is scoring 24, 25 points a game on absurd shots. Uh, you know, it wasn't like it was bad defense either. He was just, you know, when he goes rolling to the rim, tucks the ball in like a running back and throws up a ridiculous prayer off the boards and those were dropping. So when that's going down, it's, it's tough to lose. Uh, and also job is shooting more like it. it you know, I, I think back to that Rockets game, the tell that motherfucker about me game, mm -hmm. as it's infamously known. And the, you know, Harden was basically playing how everyone's playing him now. Uh, and he confidently took those shots and, and we've seen him. Yeah. He steps in and takes that shot, or he has been, but maybe a couple misses got in his, you know, his young brain and uh, have ob obviously have, have deterred him from doing so. But that, I mean, I, it's been talked about, and I think that those are the exact reasons. Um, what have been some bright spots for you guys? 
Well, I'm not finished being negative yet. <laughs> All right. uh, let, let me go back to some numbers uh, since that Mavs game, which we won. And we're three and three over these six games, but our starters are uh, minus 8.3 is their net rating, the worst on the team. And then they're shooting 17.6 as a five-man group from beyond the arc. You, you can't win games like that. Like, it's just that simple. It's it's a make-or-miss league. They say it on the jump all the time, but it, it's true, uh, especially when you're shooting 17.6% from deep. Um, now, so I mentioned JV, Kyle, and Ja being bad together, but then when I sorted the lineups by the best net rating, JV, Kyle, Josh Jackson, Dylan Brooks and Ja have the best net rating in the, over that six games. Um, then the next unit is the bench unit, which is Tyus, Melton, Gorgie, BC, and Josh. Um, and then Ja, Dylan, Gorgie, Josh, and Brandon Clark. So I find it interesting that the worst lineup contains the three people that I picked on. <laughs> uh, and they're also in the best lineup. So maybe that speaks to how bad Jaron Jackson's been, who – over those same six games, he's only averaged 12 points, shooting 38% from the field, 34% from three. He's a minus eight net rating over those six games, the worst on the team. But he's still our only player hitting more than one three per game. So it, it, wow. he's, the team has been bad. I think that's all we can really – it's not lineups or anything like that. No one is scoring, and we're not going to be able to win games like that. Is it a product of – just more contested shots or are they just not going in more so? I know it's probably a combination, but like what, what would you say is the greater of those two? My opinion is it's just simply regression to the mean. What do you think, Zach? Yeah, I think like you, you referenced the Golden State Warriors, how we were just shooting lights out and that isn't the, the current roster that we have. That's not how we are built to play. We that's, yeah, we'd love to be able to play that way on a consistent basis, but I don't think that's reality. You, I mean, you go top to bottom on the lineup, that's not the guys that we have. We don't have Clay Thompson, Buddy Heald, uh, Brad Beal. We don't have like big-time big time shooters like that. Dylan Brooks has been playing incredible, and now he's struggled. Uh, his overall number, if you look for at the season as a whole, is still shooting very respectfully from three. Same for Jaron, uh, but we're just really we're hitting a spot now where that part of our game isn't working, and so we've got to adapt. Which, if you're going to be a playoff team, this is going to happen to you every single series. This is what teams are going to do to you. Uh, and if you can't bring it every night and shoot forty percent from three, then you got to find other ways to score. Yeah, I agree. And uh, oh, since these six games, uh, Dylan is shooting seventeen percent from three. Yeah, he, uh, he just, like, isn't. <laughs> yeah, he might as well not be out there. Yeah. Uh, and he's then, taking worse shots, too. I mean, he's taking really bad shots. He's pressing now. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, it just goes to show you how much the offense opens up when one or two people are hitting jump shots. It'll, it opens up so much for Ja to be able to drive, for Kyle to be able to drive, yeah. for JV to be able to dominate down low. So, just how, how the game is. Um, and even when we've been struggling, I feel like we've gone away from – feeding Valanciunas, at least over these last two games since the break. Um, another worrisome thing, our six worst, our six worst two-man groups contain both Ja and Jaron. 
<laughs> so if our best players are in the worst lineups, that's not a good sign. Uh, mm-hmm. Tyus and Milton have been great together all season, and you can toss Brandon Clark in there. That trio has got to continue to play together uh, no matter how we shuffle these lineups. They, they've been good all season. That's mm-hmm. season-long numbers. That trio has been really good together. And then uh, Josh and Dylan have been pretty good together over the past couple of weeks. So maybe eventually if Jaron is out for longer than two weeks, Josh is a potential answer in the starting lineup, whether it's for Kyle or someone just to provide a little more spacing. We're, yeah, we're, and, we're and to, allow, uh, to allow Brandon to still play with Milton and Tyus, like you mentioned. Yeah, so it's going to be interesting. I don't have any answers as far as the current lineups go, but just these numbers are just kind of interesting to dive into. I think that's the, I mean, the, the Tyus, BC, um, who was a Josh? Melton. 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 Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, they're just a combination of being kind of like weird jigsaw pieces, but then also they're playing generally backup, you know, player, other bench units mm-hmm. on other teams. So, I, I, you know, they're, they're going to shine maybe a little bit better against lesser competition. But yeah, I mean, Tyus has been shooting the lights out. Uh, he's been hitting threes at a very, very, very convincing rate. Uh, and shooting that that ball very confidently, and even Melton, like he he will pull up, you know, like in if he gets the ball in the corner, he gets the ball, and he's like, it's a clear, that's the best shot. His basketball IQ is through the roof. We know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that's sometimes what 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 Kyle doesn't do because he's so not confident in his shot. I mean, it looks not very confident, but then also you'll note that he rarely rarely takes that shot unless it's truly end of shot clock situation. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, I think John Jaron will be good together. There, there's. They have to be. I mean, obviously, for this team to be successful, but I, there's no reason they won't be. They fit together perfectly. You just have to surround them with the other three guys that are going to make them maximize what they can do best. Uh, and so, to me, that's just a bunch of like wing shooters. I mean, very switchable wing shooters. And hopefully, one of those wing shooters is someone that's you know a true third or second option of those three. But if you had three prime Trevor Ariza's. You know, with Jaron at the five, and then two, two through th- four, even like prime Trevor Reeses, who was a good player, but you know, not an all star. I think we're fine with those two guys out there. If you got guys that can switch, play defense, and hit the open three at a convincing rate, uh, we we were Zach and I were talking about how Jay, you know, we clowned him a little bit because his free, his three point percentage was twenty six percent. He didn't shoot that well, but he still had. Uh, for some reason, the the notoriety as a shooter. So basically, teams played him like he was you know, at shooting 40%. And so that was just as effective as him shooting 40% really, because that opened up so much for Ja. Uh, whereas now, like no one believes in Kyle and and no one truly believes in, in Jonas. I bet those games where Jonas hits a couple early threes, we end up winning every single one of them. I would, I would, I would wager. I know there's some, mm, some games point. where he, in the first like quarter, he hits a couple early ones. Uh, and then I imagine the game totally changes for Ja. And then once he gets confident, it's, it's kind of over as we've seen. Very good points, yeah. Uh, what, this Kyle, JV, and Ja in the starting lineup season long, they're one of our one of the worst groups together. They're minus four point two on the year, so it's going to be interesting to see if these struggles continue. Uh, if T- Taylor Jenkins goes back to putting Kyle on the bench, even though we all clamored for him to start just just like two weeks ago, so just interesting to see. Zach, what, what's your thoughts just kind of on the team in general and, and the struggles? Yeah, I, I think it's going to come down to what Jenkins – this is a good opportunity for him to showcase what he can do with the pieces that he's been given. Can he get these guys who are 
gonna clearly down on themselves right now. They're not doing so well against the Clippers as we speak. What what's he gonna be able to do to rally them? They're on a it's it's kind of tough to come out of the All Star game or All Star break, have a four game West Coast road trip. That in and of itself is pretty challenging. And I think it will really see when they get home, have the home crowd, the energy, will they be able to feed off that and create some momentum? Because I think they have a lot of away games the rest of the season, if I'm not mistaken, probably more on the road than at home because we had some pretty home-heavy yeah. months early on. Um, and how are the guys going to react to that? And Because the roster we have is what we have, and we have some good players, and it's possible we hit another hot streak like that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't bank on it. I wouldn't count on it. But we have to be able to win games without shooting forty percent from three. Jaw's got to figure out a way to get more guys involved to get them those shots to help them see those go in, so that he can also that'll also help create for himself. And he's got to get back in a rhythm with uh, Valanciunas. I watched a video the Ringer did uh, either yesterday or today. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen it. Seen it. <laughs> sign it. <laughs> yeah, I'll sign it. About uh, John, a rookie, like saying he's rookie of the year and kind of breaking down his game and the Grizzlies overall. And it was a really good, I felt it was a really fair assessment. 30% of Jaw's passes go to JV over the course of this season. So I think that those two guys being being in tune is very important for this team. So if that is something, you know, that that doesn't necessarily require a ton of outside shooting. He's probably going to be a little bit more covered down low if we're not able to stretch the floor a little bit more. But getting those two guys could cause more defenses to collapse and give the outside players a better opportunity to hit a shot and just, you know, see it go in. Like Dylan's just got to see it go in, and then you, we know he can catch fire. Yeah, we know. Unfortunately, Jaron's one of those guys who can also catch fire, but we don't have him right now. I, I mean, I think Jaron's the only person on our roster. I'm thinking about that. I think he's the only one that, that we could consider an above-average three-point shooter. Is that? I mean, is that a fair statement? I, I maybe, maybe Dylan. Dylan. Dylan was there. Yeah, but I mean, career-wise, like I. You know, th- this year he's had a fantastic year, but you know what's his, what's his? I know the second year is kind of a throwaway, but the first year I think he shot like thirty four percent. So yeah, I mean, like th- this year he has been, but you know what I mean? Like I mean, for a team yeah, that, no, that really. wants to play that kind of basketball, the five man out Jenkins style, which he really has has forced upon him in a good way. I think he's been very effective. He's a good coach. I think we've seen that. Uh, I don't know if you know, like you said, regression back to the mean. Basically, men's like we're going to lose every game, you know, like that. There's no way we can win unless the other team has a similarly insanely bad shooting night. And in which case, you know, but then that also leaves you open to the occasional, you know, Kings who have like a wild performance where they shoot preposterously good. And we put ourselves in a position where we need to win games to just keep the playoffs going. And so you're going to fall into those situations every now and then where some team like the Kings or whoever some bottom dweller, you know, it's crazy to say, even though we're not great, but we're not a bottom dweller is going to have a crazy, like Harrison Barnes is going to shoot like he's Steph, which is wild and never happens, but that's the NBA. So uh, you got to find ways to win games in scenarios like that. And I don't know if this team's mature enough or has the personnel to do that. Also something we haven't hit on is that 
recently the Grizzlies have been terrible on defense. Yeah. Where hey, young team, I guess, you know, like offense probably dictates defensive tenacity. Yeah. But I, I don't know if that I would imagine there's a correlation there. I don't imagine that's going to get better without Jaron Jackson because his defense was kind of finally coming around, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, a couple things, though, that, that you guys just hit on. I mean, in the beginning of the season when we were getting smashed every game, I was, like, yelling that we that we don't have the play the personnel to run this style of offense. And then I looked like an idiot for about three months because we were shooting great and everything was great. Um, and now the shots aren't falling and we look like kind of the team we looked like at the beginning of the season. Um, so, like I said, it's a make or miss league. But also we're a young team, and I think that – that's kind of the reason we've seen the fluctuations in, oh, we're a great defensive team. Oh, no, we're a great offensive team. Yeah. Oh, no, oh, no we're not really good at anything. <laughs> um, so it's, when we put it in the big scope of reality, like this is what this is still better than we expected coming into this year. Yeah. Um, even if we don't win another game the rest of the season, according to Vegas. Um, but it, it's just like we now that we're in this playoff push, we're expecting them to like make the run like the core four used to do and build up and up and up. And we just got to keep in perspective that this team wasn't projected to be a playoff team. I mean, the Kings, even right now, their roster may be better than ours. They kind of traded away some veterans that they signed, but coming into the season, we probably thought the Kings, the Pelicans, uh, the Suns, we, we thought a lot of those rosters were equivalent, if not better than what we were coming with. So, for sure. I mean, the Spurs, like, I mean, there, yeah. there's like yeah, a little, <laughs> yeah, I mean, so many rosters below us are objectively, you know, just top, top to bottom, you would consider a better roster. I mean, anyone, you know, obviously in Vegas included, who, who, who if anything, know everything. Right. So that is a, uh, that is somewhere to, to, to feel good about, but you know, really all I was expecting was to not expecting, but really what I wanted was to play 500 ball after the break, as I said, and, you know, I, I didn't expect to go 20 and eight when we were alternating between the most powerful offense in the history of the NBA or the, the best defense the league's ever seen either, uh, yeah. which helped us win, you know, go 20 and eight. But I just need to go, you know, 15 and 15. So uh, yeah. I was hoping that we even regression back to the mean wouldn't mean what it's meant the past three games. Now, granted, it's been against, you know, two of the three will have been against what people consider to be probably the two best teams in the NBA, you know, or two of the best five teams in the NBA. So, in LA. So I get that. I mean, I imagine Dylan's having a pretty fun time on like a five day uh, weekend in LA. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I thought about that. Uh, But you know, (laughs) I, 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 what I want to see is like, uh, you know, Friday for nine months. Yeah. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Someone, someone yet Siri, can you set it? Yeah. So, (laughs) but I think Friday versus the Kings will be at home will be kind of the, if they go zero and four, you know, when they get back home, that's that's kind of the must win for me. Um, or else, like you know, maybe we're kind of that team at the beginning of the season for the rest of the year, especially without Jaron. Yeah, I'm definitely beyond uh, where we were at the beginning of the year. I think we can expect more from this team because they've proven to handle that. So I'm not saying that that they're going to throw in the towel or I expect that or anything, but just trying to be fair <laughs> yeah no i even know it's burning me up that we're getting beat by 21 in the first quarter to the clippers oh are we yeah 30 to 9 oh fuck 32 no it's, it's I'm, that. I'm, stream, I'm streaming Th- 35 to 9 okay. <laughs> it just keeps going oh, yeah, up yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this is, that's no fun because <laughs> i'm live right now yeah 35 to 9 oof 
anything else y'all want to hit on about what the team's done over the past two games, really, or things that we hope to see? No, that's tough. That 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 score just took the wind out of my sails. Zach? No, sir. Well, what about some of the teams behind us? Yeah, I mean, like, you know, we got the, the Pelicans, the greatest team in the NBA, uh, according to <laughs> everyone. But, no, like, I get it. They, they're, they're exciting. You know, Zion's insane. He's been everything and more what everyone thought he would be. Uh, and – I mean, it's it's fun to watch. Like, they're a really fun team to watch when, when you watch them. And it, it is, honestly, I think they don't get enough shit for being as bad as they were. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like I, I, like, I, I, I don't just, like that. Yeah. I don't I, I, like I, I feel like now if we're going to go the same way for the, the, the positivity, why weren't these guys getting torn apart for being as bad as they were? I mean, Zion's effective, but it's only because of the ability of the other guys to do what we don't do for a job right now, which is, you know, we don't have fucking two other all-stars on this team, you know, in, in, you know, like a Brandon Ingram young all-star and then a uh, Drew holiday. Who's like a you know seasoned veteran point guard that honestly wins them a lot of games just on the, on his back. So uh, I, but they are fun to watch and they probably are the team that I, if I had to bet today, just by the momentum that they've got barring some catastrophic, uh, catastrophic injury is who I would probably expect to get the eighth seed. Yeah, I, I can't disagree with that. I, I just hope that we keep it close to make it a race. Yeah, I mean, I, that'd be great. Uh, well, and they've got that easiest schedule. And yeah, hardest, exactly. You know, everything a, in their favor. And, and honestly, they've looked better. Why, why we are where we are is because we took advantage of the weak point in our schedule. We took advantage of Luca not playing, Westbrook sitting out, some superstars sitting out when we played these good teams, Paul George. Um, and not all mediocre teams are able to do that. And the Pelicans haven't proven the ability to do that yet. And Portland hasn't the Spurs. I, they just got blasted by uh, Oklahoma city the other night. I know OKC is good, but it was like a 20 point game. So uh, Pelicans are fun as hell though, man. Zion is a show. Yeah. He still scares me. I mean, what everyone talks about on the ringer is how he walks and it, do- it is weird. Like, uh, it's just it's just a weird deal, and I mean, he's not a bust. Neither's Ja. You know, like uh, like he will never be a bust. But it, you know, if, if injury happens, like that would suck, and I certainly hope it doesn't. I want to see him and Ja go at it for you know decade or whatever. Uh, but and it's already starting. You know, uh, it's already. Yeah. But here's the thing. You know, like the all of there's not a single factor that weighs in favor of us when it comes to us or the Pelicans, except for the fact that we've now got it currently, you know, as of right now, before we lose this game to the Clippers, we have a three and a half game lead on them. So yeah. that as a, as I sit here today, if I go down, if I make a pro con list, you know, they've got a better roster. Zion's the better individual player than Ja, uh, you know, assuming health and you have to, um, they've got an easier schedule. They've got the favor of the league, which, you know, never count that out when it comes to the whistle. Yeah. Um, and the NBA I mean, our, itself, our second best players are, yeah. So I, I, unless you can think of something, I can't think of a single thing that we have going for us over what new Orleans has going right now. Yeah. All the projections for sure have them in over us. Our, uh, five thirty eight had us at seven or 8% possible. And the Pelicans were 30 something, I believe. Yeah. I, so, mean, it, I mean, on paper, mathematically, it should be them, uh, especially cause they're, you know they're much healthier than Portland with Dame out is, you know a medium. I think this five and five in their last ten. I think that kind of says it all. I, 
I don't even know if they're 500 team with Dame out, honestly. If CJ and Melo are going to score 30 apiece, they might be. <laughs> I don't That's you know, a lot of often shots, we can though. see that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you don't see that too often. I mean, CJ might have nights like that, but you got to have the second guy doing that. Or, you know, Anthony Simons, only when you're playing Memphis, though. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, a classic. That, that man lit us up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm worried about it. And I, it's going to frustrate me to see, like, I mean, they're just playing better. So I can't really be that mad about it. Not the way we're playing, but the the way that the media has sort of willed this into existence. Uh, and then, of course, the league office wants it to happen, too. I mean, Zion versus LeBron in round one. I mean, how yeah. you know, that's – come on. Like, I get it. It's great television. All the media wants to be down in New Orleans for those two games so they could have the, the, the Zion circus. And, honestly, I'm just kind of thankful that we got the love that we did, which is uncommon for us, uh, while we did. But mm-hmm. <laughs> just be thankful for what you got when you got it, I guess. Like there is zero media momentum for the Grizzlies or Ja right now. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Every now and then someone says, "Oh, Ja's still the rookie of the year," but even then, it feels like, I mean, I, I feel like they mean it, but it's like ah, I don't know. They're gonna watch this over, <laughs> like, and, and dude. Zion's I, gonna get it if if yeah if he keeps playing like he does and they make the playoffs, he's gonna be rookie of the year. I mean, like the and it's hard to argue against it. I mean, we can make there are cases to be made. But what this doing, dude is doing right now is pretty damn special. For sure. E- even though he would be the like the fewest games winner of the rookie of the year by like 20, 10 games or something I was seeing they were talking about today. So uh, it could it really could go either way, I guess. You're going to have your traditionalist who vote for Ja because of what he did. And, and who knows? The story is still yet to be told. Yeah, and it's it, it, exactly. Uh, but, you know, to me, it's like uh, that's why I just kind of go hard in on the – my take is the – I take a hard stance on the games played for awards just so that way this doesn't happen. You know, like there's yeah. that way there's no, cause then, then it makes it easy. Then, you know, then it's, then you're not debating these kind of things and trying to weigh these things that, you know, end up, I don't know. You know what I mean? So, it, it, but you're right. You're right. You, and I, mean, I feel the same way as you, you just yeah. voice it. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, but, but really like I couldn't be mad if you won just cause, but then I'd want going forward, you know, we'd have to see other guys win that played that amount of games or else, then it was like this special exception made for which I understand he's played really well, but uh, you know it's a it's a whole fucking thing. I think it just opens up Pandora's box for then the MVP conversation. Then it's like, okay, if Kawhi load manages for you know forty two games, then can he still win? You know, like then I think it opens Pandora's box for a, a league that we don't want because we want the fucking guys to play. Yeah, yeah. I want to uh, see him. I, I do got one question that I forgot to ask earlier. Why the hell is Marco still playing? I don't know. He he made a he made like a resurgence. Uh, maybe he got like he bought uh, Jenkins a shiny apple or something, or went and got him some bagels from his favorite bagel place. But something's going on. I don't know what. Is it a? It's not not a indic- indicator of a, a tank, is it? A sabotage by the front office? Do you believe that? I can't see that. If you can give me another reason why a coach would put Marco in the game, then I'm willing to hear it. (laughs) The only thing I could think of is uh, because there's no incentive to tank, you know, like we, we want to keep our, want to convey that pick. So there's no incentive to play Marco either. Yeah. I don't actually believe that, but the only thing I can think of is a foul trouble, (laughs) like a weird early two fouls on all of our wings that I just wouldn't have realized when he came in. Cause I don't keep track of fouls that closely. Like unless it's on like Ja or Jaron, but if like I don't think that was the case though, I don't know. Like, but if Dylan gets two early fouls and then like 
Melton comes in or Josh comes in, they get two quick fouls. Then I could see Marco making an appearance in the second quarter, if that makes sense. I just don't know. I don't remember who, how, what the foul situation was. But yes, when he came in, I was like, it was bizarre. And, and there was a million tweets that went out about it, about him having photographs like of Jenkins with his mistress or something. And like, you know, like, I don't know, but like, you're right. He should not be playing. It's fucking insane. The only thing I can think of is that we've got this guy signed for two years and they want to give him a, like, see what he can do. See if he can do something, I guess, is probably the be- the better way to phrase it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. so far he's only played in – he played in, what, the, the Lakers game? Did he even play in the Kings game? I don't remember. Yeah, he did. He yeah, did. That, that was the first time then. Yeah, like, in, uh, I mean, the Lakers game, I think it was all but – we were pretty significantly getting beat at that point. So maybe it was just like, let's try him out there and see if this time sitting the bench, he's been able to observe the NBA game and get a little bit better, uh, maybe practicing with the guys. But um, – yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, your guess is well, as good as mine. Hopefully, not. See some uh, dusty hands tonight as we're down thirty. As the second quarter still got eleven minutes to play, we've scored fourteen points in what is 13 that? Thirteen minutes. Did pretty horrendous right now. Pretty horrendous showing. Kind of exactly not what you want. Um, you know, when you're a young team and and your your kind of your confidence is waning. This is not the way to do it. Uh, so. Oof. Yeah, uh, but yeah, hopefully we get to see some Dusty Hannah's buckets tonight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, did before we get out of here, I do want to uh, one last time say rest in peace to Kobe and Gigi. The memorial was today at Staples Center. Haven't got a chance to watch it in its entirety, but it seemed like um, all the players you would want there were there. His wife, her mother. Um, Got up and gave a gave a nice speech. Michael Jordan, Shaq delivered, you know, just like they have time and time again. Uh, so all the players that you kind of associate Kobe with, and LeBron included, LeBron already did his at the Lakers game um, afterwards. Um, so I, I feel like you kind of heard from everyone you wanted to on the on that topic. Um, still sucks, <laughs> no getting around it. And then. Locally today, we got the news of my local basketball expert, your local basketball expert, and the nation's leading authority on hobos, heroes, and street corner clowns. Mr. Keith Easterwood has passed away. Um, so I want to send our condolences to his family and friends, anybody who um, Easterwood impacted throughout his life. Um, seems like there's a lot of people that he touched. So sad times in Memphis and on the amateur basketball circuit. Mm. Well said. On a brighter note, we can't get out of here without congratulating our boy Zach, uh, whose 11th and 12th grade team brought home the championship in the MAM tournament this year. So, Zach, uh, what did you learn coaching that group and kind of just walk us through what it was like to lead those guys to a championship? Uh, Well, so I was an assistant keeping some stats and helping uh, advise on strategy, game planning. Uh, It helps when – you get really hot from three early on. That ain't a bad thing, but uh, the guys, they played tough. They stuck with whatever we asked them to do, uh, even if it didn't make sense at the time to them. Uh, they listened to us. They trusted us as coaches, and so we didn't – we were – I think we were under 500 during the regular season, but we got in our league tournament, and we won three straight to take home the trophy. There we go. That's, uh, all, that's all we need the Tigers to do now, and we need you on the Grizzlies bench. We need to get uh, uh, you need to get like to be bigger staff assistant. 
because um, then then you're <laughs> the assistant like assistant to the regional manager. You I need to be like. assistant to the guy that's always the assistant <laughs> that gets promoted because then you you never catch the brunt. Then you always like maybe end up in the head chair for 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 uh, the rest of a year. If he gets assassinated, yeah. After yeah, another yeah, yeah. coach gets canned. <laughs> but yeah, man, we appreciate you being an ambassador for the game and uh, you know donating your time to help those kids. Well, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of fun. Coaching is it's just being able to share basketball knowledge any and everywhere is fun. And yeah, in awesome, addition man. to sharing it on the airways, actually talking to you know, it, getting to instruct kids that haven't watched quite as much as you is pretty cool. <laughs> that is cool, man. That's awesome. I'm proud of you for that. Appreciate yeah, that. All right, we got anything else? We're gonna sign off and I, watch Dusty Hands get buckets. I do have one Twitter corner uh, to mention. Oh so, yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. Brad Beal scored 53 points last night and 55 points tonight. Um, so on back to back nights, both. And the Wizards lost both games, and there are a lot of pictures of him sitting with the most sour look ever on his face after both of those. You think most people would be happy after scoring 50 points, but not Brad Beal because his team's terrible and he needs to come to Memphis. <laughs> he was ready to fight someone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tough year for him, man. Like he, I mean, because he, you know, he didn't get that All Star nod, and then his girlfriend went online. And just been been a really tough year for him. But honestly, he he did choose to play there. He chose to sign that extension. Yeah. Um, and so it's like we've seen this time and time again. I feel like the uh, the, the extension signing, and then you're like, well, actually, what the fuck? I didn't know we we're going to be this bad. And it's like, well, how did you not? I mean, um, but I think ultimately these guys know that they can flex their muscles and force their way out, uh, as he likely will next season. And to to whoever becomes the highest bidder, um, hopefully, I did check today. He is not eligible to be traded because of his contract extension until December 15th of next season. So he can't be traded this upcoming summer. Um, so, you know, I think the Grizzlies would be, would be idiots not to be players uh, for Bradley Beal next year, because you know, that whatever, regardless of whatever you got to give up uh, that, that would be a great fit for the duration of that contract. And then as, as we pointed out today in our text, I think that that, that deal would also become very tradable um, towards the end of it to some other contender you know, if we decided that it wasn't working or for whatever reason, then we could D'Angelo Russell him basically. Hey, you ain't going to have me arguing about Bradley Bill. Nope. I think that but, would be a yes. bona fide, excellent addition. I might argue about who we have to give up, but <laughs> I ain't going to argue about Bradley Bill. Yeah, what would you give up? <laughs> I don't even know. I don't want to think about it. Yeah, well, I, I'm sure we can. We'll we'll cover down on that one plenty as we go along. No, we can only talk about it right now. <laughs> <laughs> There's still hope this season, even though John Conchar is getting second quarter run right now. <laughs> Oof. Gosh, Oof, man. Yeah, yeah that's that it, man. <laughs> yeah. All right, everyone, have a good night, and don't talk to people with headphones in. Thanks for listening to the Backdoor Cut Show. Uh, which can be found on the Barnburner Podcast Network. Go subscribe, review, if you please. And until next time, we'll see you later. Go Grizz. I gotta stay high.